So what is that favorite smell of yours? The one, when you breathe it in, it brings you back to a moment of goodness, or it leads you ahead to discover its source. This time of year, there are a lot of smells like that. It's pine, it's bubbly glazed ham, the smell of something buttery baking in the oven. I think smell is an important sense of our reading of Isaiah 61. God's people are returning from their long stint in exile in Babylon. Their story reeks of pain. They were captured and taken from their homeland in Jerusalem. People were tortured and murdered. Their temple destroyed. And then most were forced to go to a new place, the land of their enemy in which they were unfamiliar, languages and cultures that seemed barbaric. They were pulled out of all that they had known. And in that chaotic time, God came to them through the words of the prophets, words that created images and proclaimed that God had not abandoned them. God was with them and had a vision of them returning to Jerusalem someday to begin again. So their minds were filled with this someday, this day that they would return and all would be made new. Well, the day came, but as they entered their longed-for home, they did not see what they had expected. The city was in ruins. It smelled of destruction. How could they begin again in the midst of such devastation? Where was God in all of this? The prophet's words diffused an aroma of hope in the midst of the stench of despair. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me. He has sent me to bring the good news to the oppressed, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and to release the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn, and to provide for those who mourn in Zion. It's like the prophet's words open a window that bring the freshness of what is blowing in. Their God that seems so distant now brings this message of hope in a personal way, which meets them right where they are. God has known their devastation, and so the restoration comes forth from the pain. Death and new life linger together like smoke from a candle. One clears away while the other enters in. Isaiah's imagery is detailed and specific. 
Give them a garland instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the mantle of praise instead of a faint spirit. The oil of gladness. Oils were special and expensive, and they were used to anoint kings like King David. And eventually, Jesus is anointed with this costly perfume all over his body before his death. It's also used to soothe and preserve our bodies. So in the midst of mourning, God anoints his people with the oil of gladness, the oil of joy. The pain is honored. And out of this overwhelming, depressing time, God's people will be called forth with new work. Isaiah says they will be called the oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord to display his glory. They shall build up the ancient ruins. They shall raise up the former devastations. They shall repair the ruined cities the devastation of many generations. You see, they will be part of creating this something new, brick by brick. They will build up the ancient ruins and raise up the former devastations. God's vision and new life is found in the labors of this world, and it's done communally. Now, since September, we have been talking a lot about callings, hearing that each of us was created with a purpose and a unique way that we can bring God's love to the world. Now, sometimes when we talk about this, it seems daunting, like you're thinking in your mind, okay, it sounds good, but how exactly can I be purposeful and faithful and the everyday work that I need to provide for my family, the everyday work of a regular job, family life, and everyday living. We think to ourselves, okay, that sounds good, but I haven't quite figured out what that is for me. How can I know my calling? This scripture points to something remarkable, I think. And that is that we are all anointed to bring the scent of gladness, the aroma of new life in all that we do. What we hear in this scripture is God's vision for the world, and so our purpose too. We're called to bring good news to the oppressed, to bind up the brokenhearted, proclaim liberty to the captives, and release the prisoners. Proclaim a year of God's favor and the day of vengeance for our God and to comfort all who mourn. Did you hear those verbs? We can do this. And God anoints the prophet, and I would say all of us, to proclaim and live out this vision. And what we hear from Isaiah is that God's agency and human activity are intertwined. God's spirit is sent forth and comes and it rests on our forehead and in our hearts. The same spirit that moved over the dark and chaotic to create light and life. 
The same spirit that split open the Red Sea. The same spirit that resurrected Jesus from the dead. That spirit is alive in you, in us, and it's calling us to bring good news to the oppressed, to bind up the brokenhearted, proclaim liberty to the captives, and release the prisoners. There's a stench of devastation right now in our world. The smell of terror hides around every corner. Fear pierces the air, and the inequity of food, care, and housing for so many permeates daily life. We are called to rebuild the inequitable and broken, to bring the fragrance of hope in tangible ways. What if each of us today, even before Christmas, did something to embody God's vision in this broken world? How can you do it? How will you do it? Bring gladness to someone or some place that is mourning. How you will do it is unique to you, and nothing is off limits. It's simple, it's found in the ordinary. You are beloved. You are chosen and called by God. Breathe in God's promise through your nostrils, his spirit into your lungs and your being. Hear this. You are anointed. You are called to share the good news which is the Old Testament word that stems from the gospel. You are called to share Jesus. You are God's promise enfleshed in the world. Now in just moments, you will be anointed with the oil of gladness. It is truly the oil of joy. The essential oil of joy is in this. And it has lemon and rose and jasmine. And together with God's word, it holds a promise as you will be marked on your forehead with the sign of the cross. God is here. He is with us and he is with the world. We are called to build up the runes and raise the devastations and despair in this world. The Spirit of the Lord is upon you. Bring the oil of gladness instead of mourning and smell God's promise. Amen.